0: Hello and welcome back to Indented, UW-Green Bay's English Lit Podcast. I'm Emma Faye. And I'm Jordan Safransky. Our theme for this episode is dreams. Dreams in literature, dreams that inspired literature, dream cliches, and dreams in our own lives and how we use that to our advantage when writing.
1: Yeah, and we actually came up with this idea because Emma and I were sitting in the union one day. And we were having a conversation because we were both really freaked out by these terrifying dreams that we had. The same, literally the same dream. The same dream. That we I had. had. I had a dream that my boyfriend died. And I had a dream that my friend died. And it was horrible. <laughs> Awful.
0: And it was the same night. It was just, we were like freaked out yeah. by that. But
1: it kind of got us talking about our dreams and the different kind of dreams we have and the different ways that different people dream. Mm-hmm. And,
0: you know, it's... We kind of talked about Emma doesn't really remember most of hers. Yeah, usually I don't. But then for some reason, I don't know why, this this like semester, I've been remembering a lot of my dreams for some reason. Yeah. And they've all just been so weird and a lot of them are violent like someone dies mm-hmm. or like someone's like chasing me or something and it's just yeah. like really scary and I know it's most to think about
1: most of my dreams feel like I'm kind of removed from it it yeah. feels like I'm watching a movie of like myself play out but this felt so real and we kind of just started thinking about I guess how dreams how dreams can be really unique and how if you If you think about it while you're doing it, if you try to remember, dreams can be really good inspiration for writing. Definitely. I have a whole note page in my phone that's just dedicated to, like, weird dreams
0: I have. I've always said, I'm like, I'm going to write down all my dreams, and I never do. But after, like, talking with you, I've started to, like... Write stuff down more. Yeah. Because I want to remember because, like, it's good.
1: It's good material to use. Yeah, our brains are really creative. Definitely. I was I was actually talking to my grandma the other day, and it inspired me even more to want to write down my dreams because she was saying that in her dreams she makes up new recipes that she's never tried before, and then she tries them in
0: real life, and they're
1: amazing. That's,
0: that is so cool. I yeah. can't even believe that. I know.
1: That. Her brain is just, like, just keeps on going, and it's really creative <laughs> when she's sleeping. So it would be – kind of a waste if you had these amazing dreams with these cool stories and you like don't do
0: anything with them exactly but sometimes like (laughs) with my dreams i tend to like have dreams where they involve people that i either like see throughout the day like at our campus or just when i'm out somewhere and then these people just like appear you know it's just Mm -hmm. kind of strange because that's just how the mind when you go to sleep and then just from your day, all these images and people just right. kind of pop up, and I think that's so cool. And I,
1: I heard once that you never forget a face, and you're you don't yeah. you never create faces; they are their faces you've actually seen. So it's cool yes. to imagine different people in different kind of scenarios, and it's kind of cool that your brain kind of just accepts it as reality. I know it's interesting, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the entire point of this podcast is we were kind of talking about how dreams are incorporated into literature and how they inspire literature but that does bring up a really important point that we wanted to talk about first which was cliches in the uh. in the dream literature world. Um, I am the fiction editor of Sheep's Head <laughs> Review currently. Now I am a
0: veteran member of yes, the fiction staff. Yes a veteran
1: member we've both we've both done it for quite a while and Unfortunately, there are cliches when it comes to writing dreams in literature. Mm -hmm. So this isn't taking inspiration from dreams. It's literally writing dreams in stories. And there are definitely cliches that you want to avoid if you're going to put a dream in a story. Um, First of all, I don't want to read a story, and I don't think anyone else does, where you read an entire story and all of the stuff is happening, and then they don't want to end it. So they just (laughs) say to end it. And it was all a dream. <laughs> that
0: line, and it was
1: all a dream. It was all a dream, and, and I've I can't seen handle, handle it.
0: it. I've seen too many of those. Yeah, just, I think we've all seen too many of those. It's, it's so bad. It is. I mean, I feel like it could maybe work if someone does it. If they're like, if that's like their point from the beginning of writing it. They know they're gonna do that. But I think a lot of people just, like you said, they don't know how to end it. So that's yeah. How just, and then it just like doesn't fit. With I feel like it doesn't fit. They should have a plan from the beginning. Right. And then that makes it. That's
1: I literally remember doing that in. Oh God, maybe middle school or high, maybe early on high school. Of I literally did I didn't know how to end something, so I was like, and it was all a dream. <laughs> just yes. don't do that because yep. there's so many don't. other endings. There are. Um, I think the only other like cliche in writing dreams is just having. If a, if a character is trying to figure something out, and then all of a sudden they have the a answer. dream. Yeah, they have a dream. And the answer just magically comes to them, which can happen in dreams. Like, your brain can figure it out before you do. Um, but it can't be, like, the end all. Like, um, a celestial being comes yeah. to them in a dream <laughs>
0: and tells them what to do. Gives them, like, a prophecy or something. Right. I just, yeah, I feel like that's definitely overdone. Right.
1: And dreams are so much more unique than that Mm -hmm. and far more ambiguous than that i've never had a dream where i woke up and i was like this is what that dream meant yeah i've never i've never (laughs) none of my dreams have single-handedly solved any of my life problems right and like
0: i bought i purchased a book at um the store in the mall and it's about dream analysis and i've been really interested in like it's really interesting to read but i love those they keep talking about how it's they're trying your brain or your mind is trying to like either make sense of something or like get you past something if you're like in this really stressful point in your mm-hmm. life and like I whenever I have dreams I literally can't figure out right what my life is like there's so much going on in my life and I can pick up all the stresses but I just can't think of why the dr- dreams yeah. are there and how they're like helping me yeah but that's and part of it like you said
1: dreams are our brains trying to figure out to something. so yeah so there's so many like cool things you can do with exactly. dreams exactly so don't don't fall into the cliches and I think that kind of leads That's us, a nice yeah. that's a segue,
0: because some people do it right. Yeah,
1: some people do it right, and there are amazing <laughs> literary examples yes. of dreams that are done right in literature. So I think Emma has the first example that she yes. wants to talk about of people who have done it right exactly. in literature.
0: Well, I'm sure a lot of you have heard of this book before, <laughs> Alice in Wonderland um, by Lewis, Lewis Carroll, and it's a classic and amazing, and... Um, but yeah, that one is definitely well done because Mm -hmm. I feel like, I mean, like you say, you didn't really know that it was a dream. It's hard.
1: Yeah. I, so this one is hard because it kind of touches on that cliche that we just talked about where where it's it's like, you don't want to end the book being like, oh, and it was all a dream." dream. But, and I, this is coming from, I just read this book. I, last week just read this book because I'd never read it, and it's short.
0: It is – yeah, it's pretty So
1: cool. I decided to read it, and honestly, Lewis Carroll does a really good job making it believable that this can be a dream the entire time. Because Definitely. so many things that are happening in it are so crazy that the reader kind of has to be, be on board with this very whimsical, fantastical
0: world where and I anything feel, can happen. I feel like – Like, yeah, when it all starts, it obviously it's not like he says right out front, like, oh, she's dreaming now and this is happening. Mm -hmm. But like you said, you can totally tell. And I feel like we talked about how a lot of the stuff that happens, a lot of the characters that she meets um, are kind of not like – try to find the right word for this. They they represent – They represent, like, people of her her life, like her family or whatever. And they kind of represent other, like, things in society. And I feel like he does that well where it's kind of like this dream-like world with, like, things that are representing other things. And I feel like that plays into the whole um, dreaming world. And maybe that's, like, what Alice is trying to, like, make sense of. And a lot of – and the thing I
1: love about Alice in Wonderland is that even though, yes, it's accepted that it's a dream, it's still ambiguous. Exactly. The reader is still left with a feeling of, well, was it a dream or did she experience these things? Is it just something she's going to play off as a dream as she gets older? Exactly. It's a very open – kind of ending and it yeah. was done really well it was so that definitely didn't stray into the the cliche, cliche the event. bad cliches no yeah one that i wanted to talk about that i think everyone's going to be very excited about i completely forgot that it had so many dreams in it but harry potter
0: i know and of course harry potter like yeah who doesn't it's, know i I've,
1: I've never read a dream written into
0: literature so perfectly as the way J.K. Rowling did it. I
1: know. Um,
0: yeah, this is definitely when, we're, when I was, like, looking through these books, and I, like, t- like totally did not remember that mm-hmm. at all. But it, now that I'm it's like, all coming back to me, I'm like, That's, like, like yes. a good
1: sign that it was written well because yeah. it's not sticking out as this huge part of the story. Which it doesn't need to. And no. it's, like, fits really,
0: yeah, it's really nice.
1: And if you don't know what we're talking about, because we really had to think about it we to, did. like, remember the dreams. So, basically, Harry Potter has this connection with – Lord Voldemort, the, um, the evil character throughout the series. Mm-hmm. And basically when he sleeps and sometimes even when he's not sleeping throughout the series, he gets these visions of what Voldemort is doing. So, and and J.K. Rowling sets it up very well, where there's a very clear reason why these visions are happening. They're not visions that are coming out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. It's because of the connection they have, and they don't give him clear answers to things, but they're warnings. And then it's that's kind what of, I like about it. Yeah, because, and it's turned yeah. against him. It's it's written so it's incorporated yeah. in such a. It's good not way. like
0: we said before, where this this bean comes out and they're like giving all the answers and like. Um, and, all, and stuff like that. So I feel like it was done really well. And it helps with the conflict and Harry's characterization, I feel like. Yeah. Because he's growing and learning more about, um, like, his connection with Voldemort. And I feel like that – using those dreams and utilizing that, I think that helps. And it fits really well with the storyline. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, and it creates, like, a, a fantastic conflict between – Yes. Because he's
1: trying to fend off these dreams. They're not something that he should mm-hmm. be having because it's a connection with Voldemort that shouldn't be – happening and then all of a sudden they get used so first they start off as these good things Mm because he can see and then it's turned into this bad thing because they realize Voldemort can kind of switch around what he's seeing yeah and And, it's interesting
0: because she uses dreams almost as like a um, because we think you know dreams as being something good like we're talking about but this is like a bad kind of um, rendition or whatever on dreams and I feel like this works really well because it's, it kind of adds to the conflict like we said before but it's right in front of his face like he can't mm-hmm. get away from these dreams they're yeah. just like facing him head on and I think that's really cool
1: right and she does yeah. it in a way where it's it's not an end all be all like solution to anything no. they're, they add conflict they move the story forward and it's really well written definitely and um, obviously there are a lot of other stories that have really great dream scenes in them mm-hmm. um, I know I've my like, favorite classic book ever in the world is Jane Eyre. That has some really good dream scenes. I know um, other books have too. So it's definitely possible. It's possible to do it without being <laughs> cliche. Yeah, <laughs> it's possible. And kind of moving into the next section, which Emma and I were really excited to talk about, was yes. if you step away from putting your dreams into, you know, putting a dream into a, a story, you can still take inspiration. From dreams that you have. Which is why you should always write them down. Right. So, you know, even if you don't feel like you want to write about a dream in a story. I, like, there are so many amazing dreams that I've had where even a little bit of that dream can be turned into a story. Exactly.
0: If you, you can pick out little pieces. It doesn't have to be, like, the full thing. But if something right. sticks with you, it could totally turn into this big narrative that you never even thought right. of before. Which is and really it's cool. just,
1: like, sometimes I feel like my brain when I'm sleeping is more creative than I right. ever <laughs> am when I'm awake. So I, I feel like it's well worth it to I'm whatever it – it takes to help you remember these things. Write them down, pay attention, see how your dreams are influencing you when you're awake or if you have lucid dreams that could be so cool, like play around with the world that you have. And writers have done this before. Mm -hmm. A lot of writers have done this. There are a lot of writers who have taken their dreams and turned them Into into stories. Exactly. Really good stories. Well. Well. <laughs> that's a good transition um, to the really, first one we're going to talk I'll about. I'll say really popular stories. Yeah, that's true. You can be the judge of if they're good stories. Because the first and maybe most well-known story that was inspired by a dream is... Twilight! Twilight. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's
0: favorite. Everyone's
1: favorite. You know what?
0: Middle school me would be very happy that I'm Same. talking about Twilight. Because Same. I was obsessed. For me, it was weird because I actually hated it. I was like, why is everyone oh, really? obsessed with this? And then my friend was like, you know what? You should give it a chance. And I'm like, okay. And then from that moment, Ugh. I was turned. It's a middle school girl's dream. I- <laughs> yeah, I was obsessed. Yeah. But- so,
1: Twilight actually started as a dream of – Stephanie Meyer had a dream that two people were laying together in a field and one person was a human and one person was a vampire who wanted to eat her. And thus, Yay. Twilight was Twilight. born. <laughs> so you can love the story, you can hate the story, but it's a really popular story. She got a lot of success off of it. And she Movie was, deal? Yeah, and she's, you know – it's kind of this great legend, I guess, of mm-hmm. the story. It's kind of yeah. the way everyone explains it. But she said she felt so compelled to, to you know, put this into a story that she sat up and started
0: writing it that night. Which is awesome. Like I feel like I would definitely do that. Yeah. If I, like, in the middle of the night woke up, I would have to write it down because right. I would
1: forget it. And it was a very small part of the book. Yeah. So you can take small parts like that. Mm-hmm. And the next one, which I know Emma's going to be really excited to talk about, so I'll let her do it, is
0: <laughs> Misery by Stephen King. Yes. And I actually haven't read the book yet, which I know is I'm obsessed with Stephen King. I don't know why I haven't read it yet, but <laughs> it's on my book list. But I've seen the movie, which is phenomenal. But yeah, this is, I would, actually didn't even know that this was from mm-hmm. a dream, but it's its really interesting to see different genres, because like Twilight and Stephanie Meyer, Stephen King, totally different. Yeah, he and, kind of took... He kind of took a nightmare
1: and turned, and turned it into, into something, which is misery. another thing.
0: I guess, like thinking about dreams and nightmares, even if it's like something like our boyfriend's dying, friends yeah. dying, um, that can be turned into right. something.
1: Well, and the interesting thing about my dream that I had, and you had an interesting things about your dream too, was my dream. Even though it was very, it felt very realistic when I was in it, it was strange because now that I'm out of it and I'm able to look at it I was clearly in my dream it was like a three-day long dream it was terrible but I was clearly moving through the stages of grief I was in denial and then I was angry and then I was bargaining whatever order but I was clearly moving through the stages of grief which is really interesting because I've kind of always been interested in the stages of grief Mm -hmm. and I've always you know wondered if that's a thing i feel like everyone wonders if that's going to happen to them yeah. and i it was so strange to actually feel it happening to me and then yeah. being able to analyze it later so which we love to do yeah yeah i like to analyze <laughs> everything but it was that's really
0: interesting it's just like a very interesting idea that i could mm-hmm. t- put into a story that's cool thing about um like you said over three days um thinking of like dreams and continuation because i know i don't know if this happened to you but for me i've had on different nights, and this was, like, there was a, a while in between. It wasn't, like, two nights in a row. There was, like, a few days in between, or maybe even, like, a week, mm-hmm. where I had a dream, and then a few days later or, like a, like, a week later, it was the same dream, but it was, like, a continuation of it.
1: <gasps> oh, my gosh, that's amazing. And, I, I don't know, it was just the weirdest really thing. Cool. It was the weirdest thing. Have you ever woken up from a dream and then it was such a good or, like, such an interesting dream? Usually, my dreams are so interesting that I want to go back or <laughs> – because <laughs> I never know what's going to happen. It's literally, like – I love stories. Mm-hmm. So dreams to me are kind of just like discovering a story. Exactly. So sometimes the story is so good and so interesting that I want to go back into go back, it. Yeah. And I wake up and I'm like, no, I want to go back. And then I try to go back asleep, sleep and I have been able to get back into the dream a few times. That's cool. I did that kind of this morning, but I have no idea what my dream was about. It I should have prepared better.
0: <laughs> I That's just interesting. I, I feel like even when you wake up from dreams, I always feel different. Like, it's something where you just, like, you're not totally recovered from it. You're not totally mm-hmm. out of it or whatever. And just you physically feel different that day. And it's almost, I don't know, yeah. just that's, your mind's so powerful. And it's it's just weird to think about. Because yeah. at least after the dream of my friend dying, I just felt in a weird state the whole day. Mm-hmm. Like, Me we, and we saw each other. We knew. Yeah. We were both, like, it freaking felt- out. It It sounds
1: so overdramatic, but I literally felt like I was still kind of recovering from the grief of losing someone close to you Yeah, because it feels so real. (laughs) And your brain thinks it's, I mean, you think it's real when it's happening. So it's it's really, which I think, I mean, writers are empaths. We want to be empathetic with people. Mm -hmm. And I feel like dreams are the only way we can fully, I mean, it's literally experiencing something we've never experienced Mm -hmm. before and... I experienced, I've never really lost anyone. So, and obviously it's not the same as truly, truly losing someone in the real world, but I was able to understand okay. that grief a little better and to know kind of what it feels like, which I feel like is the the best way to be
0: able to write a compelling and Definitely. believable story. <laughs> which is interesting to think about taking, like we said, dark, even dark things and nightmares for, mm-hmm. um, Dream or for stories, sorry, and thinking about our next um, author we we're going to talk about was yeah. Edgar Allan Poe. And we were s- finding things about a lot of his stories, kind of came from dreams or things like that that it kind of inspired him. Yeah, and a lot, a lot of, of his themes are dark, you know. And mm-hmm, I, a lot of his, a lot of Edgar Allan Poe's work came from nightmares that he was yeah. having, which is interesting because I feel like that almost, like you said, can help with coping or mm-hmm. understanding, and it can also help to like face these things or face these fears by. Writing it out and just like owning, not owning up to it, but you know what I mean? Kind of like taking control. And I feel like
1: we've talked about this kind of in our ghost episode. Writing horror can be so difficult because it's hard to find something that scares everybody. I feel like if you're taking nightmares, that's, I mean, that's your base level fear. I feel like you can turn that into writing. So I feel like taking nightmares and turning that into a story is a really cool idea because Definitely. people are going to relate to that.
0: Exactly. And, yeah. And and nightmares stick with me more than oh, anything else Oh, everything have? I have, every dream I have is there's never anything really, I mean, it's not like I don't have happy dreams. I feel like a lot of them are, like, centered around darker things. I don't have happy dreams. I
1: have very exciting, I'm always... Like on a mission or with <laughs> a fa- – like I'm always with a group of people or – On an adventure. That's actually yeah. really cool. One of the dreams I actually have in my phone that I wrote down is like I'm I'm with a group of people and we're in the jungle and we're exploring. Th- it's just crazy. That's awesome. Yeah, but I feel like, you know, that stuff can be turned into oh, yeah. stories super easily as long as you don't end it with it was all a dream because <laughs> that would be bad. Yeah, that <laughs> – yeah. That'd be good. Yeah. But, I mean, it's super easy to, to take dreams
0: and turn them into your I stories. I've definitely tried to use that. I know in our novel writing workshop, yeah. we, um, Dr. Meacham, um, we did this exercise where we took a you know, character or any character in our novel that we were writing mm-hmm. and it kind of just experimented with trying to, like, put a dream in there. And I actually found that it helped with my novel. Right. And kind of going back yeah. to writing dreams and literature. Yeah, and it, it's still in – like, I still have it in my draft just because I like it because it helps for me with my conflict. And it helped to kind of, like, focus my character because I was kind of working with characters and what they were going to do and their motives. And it kind of helped me – Center that and focus that on, my, on one of my main characters and help with his characterization as well as adding the conflict and more tension. Yeah. So I really like that exercise. And that it's can be
1: really a really helpful. good exercise, even if you are writing a story or you're writing a draft and you don't know if you're going to keep it. Yeah. It can be a really good exercise to just, the exercise was literally, like you said, to just take any just character it. and write a dream that they might have, which yeah. for me just really helped me get to know my character's like background better. Because mm-hmm. I think I wrote a nightmare about something her parent like public speaking or something, okay. which is something that she was afraid of, and I hadn't known that before. Mm-hmm. But I had to think of something quick, and that's what that's I chose nice. to write about. So yeah, I feel like even if you're not going to keep it, I feel like writing dreams that your characters might have. It can help with other stuff. It it helps with other stuff. It lets you get to know your character a little more. Help it pushes you. It pushes you out of your boundaries and. It it allows you to kind of step away from what you're writing currently. Yeah, and, and if you're like
0: at a if you're at like a standstill or like I literally don't know what I'm doing or I don't know what I'm writing, just try a dream out because you yeah. know like it can
1: lead to other things. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think that's about it for what we had wanted to talk about. Yeah. Moral of the story. No cliches. No cliches. And keep track of your dreams because they can be really good
0: writing inspiration. Don't be afraid of nightmares. Utilize them. Yes.
1: Utilize your nightmares always. Um, And I, I think that just about wraps up our episode. As always, we want to say thank you to Phoenix Studios and thanks to Stitcher as well for supporting our podcast. I also want to give a big, huge, special thank you to Emma. Because she is graduating Yay. next next month, oh, I'm Exciting. so excited, I'm so excited for you. And since this is our last podcast this semester, I want to say
0: thank you. I've had an amazing co-host, such a blast, and such an honor to be your co-host. And it's been yeah. super fun. I, you know, this is the first time I have ever done something like this, and now you know I have experience. And I, I loved it. It was so fun. I know it was so fun doing this, and there's a lot of us
1: bes- behind the scenes work that we did yes. too. So thank you for sitting in this very small room and recording with me and editing with me. It's (laughs) been a blast. I hope you can come back next semester and do some interviews for us. Yes, you can talk about um, work life.
0: You haven't (laughs) heard the last of me, people. Yeah,
1: there you go. All right. So thank you so much for listening to our episode. As always, we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.